Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Welcome in to another edition of the Under Center podcast here on NBC Sports Chicago. I'm JJ Stankovich, joined as always by Cam Ellis and Paul Aspen in our downtown Chicago studios. It's schedule release day. Um, if you're listening to this and you're listening to it right when it comes out, um, thanks for not watching the NFL Network and ESPN schedule yes. release shows. Uh, we really appreciate that. If you're listening to this on Thursday morning, um, then whatever, don't bother responding to that comment that I just made, I guess. Um, <laughs> just we're recording seven it. Seconds. We're recording it on Wednesday afternoon through the, through the magic of schedule leaks. The best. It's the absolute best. Um, the NFL has an announcement about when they're going to put the schedule out, and then inevitably in the hours leading up to when the NFL officially releases the schedule, we get leaks. So we're recording this at 2.57 p.m. right now. Um, these are all from Harry Tynowitz, who every year breaks the Bears' schedule, um, as well as I've been able to confirm some of the dates and times. So let's just start by running down the games on the Bears' schedule. Here we go. Week one, we already knew about that. Thursday yep. night football, that opens up the season. Yep. Week two at the Denver Broncos. That's Vic. a 325 kickoff for the Vic Fangio revenge game. And Bryce Callahan. And the Bryce oh, Callahan revenge yeah. game. I don't know if it, yeah, maybe not as much of a revenge no, game. No, but he'll yeah. be there, hopefully. <laughs> hopefully he'll be there. <laughs> I would sure hope he is. Uh, week three, they go to Washington to play on, on Monday Night Football. Week four, Minnesota at home at 325. Then the game at London at Tottenham's new stadium. Uh, also, as we're recording this, Manchester City and Tottenham are tied 3-3 on aggregate at halftime, and we have to finish this podcast by the start of the second half because I'm losing my mind as a Manchester City fan. Uh, they will be playing the Oakland Raiders there, as we know, and that is on October 6th in Week 5. Week 6, they are off, as expected, following the trip to London. They return home to face the New Orleans Saints and L.A. Chargers in back-to-back -back weekends, so you get Drew Brees and Phillip Rivers in what could be their last trips to Chicago in the regular season. Then on to the Philadelphia Eagles for the Jordan Howard revenge game. That is in week 9. Week 10, they come back home to face the Detroit Lions. Week 11, on the road at the Los Angeles Rams on Sunday night football. Week 12, the New York Giants at home. Week 13, they go to Detroit on Thanksgiving. Week 14, they follow up that Thanksgiving game with a Thursday night game against the Dallas Cowboys. Interesting little wrinkle there. Week 15, at Green Bay, so their return trip there. Week 16, Sunday night football against the Kansas City Chiefs. And then for the fourth straight year, they end the year against the Minnesota Vikings. <laughs> where so... would you rather be at the end of December? Yeah, in Minneapolis, in that time Minneapolis year. where I believe the combined temperatures of the two trips that I've made there since being on the Bears beat has been negative 37. But yeah. they had the horn. That's cool. Yeah. It is cool. The Vikings have <laughs> cool. cool. The stadium's yeah. indoors. Yeah. yeah. The stadium's indoors. Who cares? Okay, anyways, real quick before we get to breaking down the schedule – what are you guys' opinion on the leaks? Because do you think the NFL likes them? Do you think the yes. NFL likes that there's a discussion yeah. all day about this? Absolutely. I mean, like the, the show tonight is yeah. just kind of like an afterthought. Right. I mean, it's, and you're, you're getting like a full schedule from like the Jets, for example. And yeah. Then you get bits and pieces of the Bears 
uh, and you're following all these different people and trying. I mean, yeah, you're you're watching, you're refreshing Twitter every minute. Yes, it's absolutely a perfect part of the NFL hype. Machine. I mean, we're we're doing the work for them at yes. this point. And I think it's I think it should be commended that usually the leaks are what like Jeff Darlington, Diana Rossini, three people. Right. Today it's just like randos. Yeah, just which totally, is great. Which is great. Which is the, this is the day well, that Twitter deserves because it's just total randos being right about like somewhat important NFL I'm, stats. I'm sure that ESPN and the NFL Network have informed their reporters that you probably should not be tweeting these out, right? which then opens it up. I mean, Harry Tynowitz has been breaking the schedule for the last decade. It's amazing. Um, it's the real people's holiday. It is. Today. It's the, yeah, <laughs> it, just like with the NFL draft where ESPN and NFL right, Network right. say, right. we don't, don't want do you it. to leak the picks, then it opens it up for other people to do it, which is always fun. Um, so, a- anyways, what's the biggest game on the schedule? What, it, what would be the most pivotal game you guys would pick on this? Because for me, I'm going to go a little different way here. I think it's this game against the New Orleans Saints, which is it's not the obvious candidate, right? But the Bears played terrible after the bye. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, off week, if John Moon Mullen is <laughs> yeah. against the off week. They played terrible after getting extra time off. That was against the Dolphins and the Giants. Yeah. Or after the Giants, before the Giants game, they had that little mini buy. So I think if the Bears can come out, say they're three and two or four and one, whatever their record is, into that New Orleans game, and they win that game at home, I think that is a really good marker for this team's improvement off of last year. To your point about coming off the bye week, I think it actually is a good thing that they're playing a team that they'll have circled like the Saints, like an NFC what championship finalist i guess would be the yeah, proper yeah, term yeah, instead of team the, that should have made super bowl <laughs> yes yeah, they'll let you know about it too <laughs> instead of the giants or instead of the dolphins right. who they you know even going in with a buy you're probably like, all right we should have this game so i actually right. think that helps them there yeah. i especially if you're going to say the word pivotal i've got that cowboys thursday night football game circled okay. Interesting. because that propels you into that last you get yeah. 10 days off after that into that last stretch and into the playoffs, I think that could be a huge game there. You guys had such original answers. I said week 15 at Green Bay just because that's probably more or less when a division would be decided. It's also the first time back at Lambeau since week one of last year. Matt Nagy's going to want to get that back. It's it's the big rivalry. It's the Bears' big rivalry on the road, which I always think are sort of important how-good-are-you games. Mm -hmm. Um, So while not original, I think it's got to be week 15 Green Bay. I think it's really interesting that the NFL put that Kansas City game in week 16. That's late in the year for a game that – will be a showcase for the NFL in, in a number of ways, especially if the Bears' offense is better. But you get to the end of the year, and the Chiefs have already locked up the AFC West, or if you're really optimistic, the Bears have already locked up the NFC North. You're not going to have Patrick Mahomes running right. around Soldier Field throwing at Eddie Jackson. You're going to have – who's the Chiefs' backup quarterback? Does it matter? You're gonna no. have you're gonna have Chase Daniel running around, <laughs> and God, as as fun as that can be, right? Um, you're, it's not going to be the kind of showcase game that the NFL might want. So that game could also then wind up getting flexed out of Sunday Night Football potentially. I mean, think but, about but but if that game matters for either team, oh, that's huge. Well, that's gonna be fun. That's gonna be great. Yeah, I was gonna say like think about what after they clinched against the Packers in Week 15, the Niners game, and then the Vi- the Vikings game. Like those are pretty low energy games. Yeah. 
So the, like they, a, they mattered because the Bears still technically had a shot right. at, at the, the, the buy, and right. they played like they did. They played yeah. like they did, but, but the opponents. In reality, yeah, yeah right. right. I mean, especially the Vikings, who actually had something to play for. Right. Um, so, what's the toughest stretch of this schedule? I'm going to give it up to you guys here first. I'm looking at that stretch coming out, that five-game stretch, and it's really five of eight, uh, coming out of the off week. But the Saints, Chargers, Eagles, you got three yeah. in a row there. The Lions then at the Rams on Sunday Night Football. And I think you can – but to the rest of the schedule, I think you can actually go like two and three over that stretch and still be okay. Mm-hmm. But I think that's going to be – a very tough stretch there. I mean, look, there's four four returning playoff teams in that stretch. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, even accounting for maybe a shake up here or there with one team falling out. I still think that's going to find out a lot about yeah. the Bears during that stretch. I think my biggest stretch was they, the, from week 13 to week 17, they go on the road to all three divisional opponents. That's a tough way to finish a year. I didn't even notice that. Mm-hmm. Um, that's the, the uh, that is that. I mean, granted. You want to be a, you should you should be able to beat Detroit at home on Thanksgiving up and there you, up there yeah and you should be able to beat one of Green Bay or Minnesota on the road but going on the road to all three divisional opponents in the last quarter of the season is brutal I think so I'm going to throw out a totally different stretch here all right because I I'm of the belief that it is far too early to make any really grand yeah. pro- projections uh, you know I'm writing it tonight on NBCSportsChicago.com last year you would have looked at their schedule and said, well, the last four games are the toughest stretch. You get the Rams at home, the Packers at home, the 49ers on the road, the Vikings on the road. Those are yeah. three teams that everyone knew were going to the playoffs, plus the Packers are always in that discussion because at that point, everyone kind of thought of the giant, the uh, 49ers are yep. kind of that like up-and-coming team. Sure. So for me, it's the first four games of the year. Actually, I'll, I'll say the first five games of the year. Green Bay at home, always still a test. You yep. don't know what you're going to get out of them with Matt LaFleur taking over there. They have two first-round picks. They're going to be a better team in week one than they look right now on paper. You go to the Denver Broncos. This stat was from Justice Mosqueda. Denver in week, weeks one and two at home, all-time 51-8-2 at Mile High Stadium, their current stadium. They're 21-1 in that stretch. Wow. Is that kind of wild? That's yeah. like it's a fluke. It's, we were talking about this earlier. Like it's got to be like a, just a fluke. At Maybe this it's point. a fluke. So, yeah. Maybe Vic Fangio is going to be able to pull something out in that week where it's still early in the year and teams are still kind of finding their identity. Maybe Vic pulls out a really great defensive performance in that week. That is not easy. Um, you go on the road to Washington. That's kind of your break. There should be. I would, I mean, should be your break. Time, you would think. Yeah. I mean, you um, never know with a Monday Night Football game, but it yeah, should be. You, you They're never, bad never, on Monday Night Football, though. They're real bad. The Redskins are. Excuse me. The Washington oh, has oh. Like a terrible Monday Night Football record. Well, so. maybe Josh Rosen can change that. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> um, and then you come home to the Vikings. So again, you have these two division games in the first five. Yep. That they're both at home and they can really set the tone for your season. And then you go all the way to London to play a Raiders team that's got a ton of talent, but we don't really know what they're gonna be this year. Um, to me, this stretch is is really important, and it's actually a little more difficult than we might think, just because of those two division opponents sandwiched between two road games, yeah. and then this kind of wild card trip to London. Yeah. So I, out of the stretch, I think the Bears go three and two, and I think that would be a really good start, given where we are right now in mid-April. I think that'd be a really good start for them to start the year. Yeah, I have them at four and one, mm-hmm. but I certainly think they could lose two of those. But either way. I think you're still set up to then hit that, you know, eight-week stretch coming out off the off week um, and really kind of set the tone and, and continue 
I think they'll be set up well. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's tough. Can you guys even imagine? Is it even a possibility in your minds that they don't finish above 500 in those first five games? Like, I haven't even considered the possibility. Yeah, I mean, I guess, I guess theoretically, I'd be, I, it would be a disappointment. I, I, you, you obviously mm-hmm. see things happen, but I mean, if you're if you're under 500 going into the Saints and the Chargers and then at Philly, yeah. you're in trouble. That, right. Yeah. Right. You're in real, mm-hmm. real trouble. Um, so I, I guess you could see theoretically a Denver loss. You know, maybe Oakland going to London throws, but that's a weird maybe toss up. Sure. Maybe. Aaron Rodgers comes out and just stunts on the Bears in week one. Like, there, are, there's paths to a, a bad start. But I'd be surprised if they go through that stretch under 500, right. wouldn't you guys? And, and Denver and Washington could wind up being two of the worst teams on yeah. the schedule. Right. But it's early in the year, and things are weird in the first five weeks mm-hmm. of the year. I mean, you saw the Patriots lose right. to the Lions last year. Yeah. It can happen. Um, what's, what's maybe the best game for, like, shaping a narrative about this season – so last year, I think the, the game that kind of defined the Bears was that win over the Vikings on Sunday Night Football, where it was the Bears planting their flag yes. as the best team in the NFC North. Yes. That was the game that shifted the narrative about the Bears from being like, well, maybe they're good to no, this team's good. Where do you guys see that being this year? I've got the Eagles circled um, because it's goes to Cody Parkey. You've obviously got Jordan Howard over there. You've got the playoff revenge, all that. And even more so, the fact that it falls after the Saints and Chargers. Like, let's say those games don't go their way. They can still, like, save their season, turn it around. Mm-hmm. Or they can really, if those teams, if they've even split or won both those games and they win that game, then they're just taken off. Right. So I think uh, that could definitely be similar to that Viking game last year okay. where you kind of either save your season or take off from there, anything like that. I'm going to give my second lame answer of the podcast and say week one. I just really think that, like, you have the Packers coming in. It's the NFL. You have all the eyes on you. You're going to see the first glimpse of Trubisky in year two. You're at Soldier Field. A healthy Aaron Rodgers coming back in. There are all these sort of kickoff narratives that are beginning. And I, I, you obviously can get blown out on week one and still win the Super Bowl. The Patriots did it, what, two or three years ago? Yeah. Um, but I, I think you're going to see a – I think you, at least I'm going to look for a very specific tone set, both on offense and defense, from the start, and that's week one for me. I'm going to give two answers, right. one positive, one negative. The positive one, I'm going to say week 16 against the Chiefs. Okay. If okay. everything's going well and the Bears win that game, that's the game that would then cement to everyone, again, this team's a Super Bowl contender. Okay. You, go, you beat the Chiefs in week 16 – and let's say that game means that the Week 17 game against Minnesota doesn't mean anything. I was going to say, is this a scenario where it's still the Sunday night? It's still like there's stuff to yeah, play the, for? Yeah, this, this is event? something okay. to play for okay. for both teams, and they beat the Chiefs. And it's like this team not only is going to the playoffs again, but they have a chance to win the Super Bowl because they just beat the favorite to win the Super Bowl in the AFC. That's my best case. My worst case <laughs> game for setting the narrative would be Week 13 against the Lions. Oof. Because those Thanksgiving games are weird. Yeah. And... You know, it, it was close last year. Obviously, Chase Daniels started. Mitch Trubisky did not. But, you know, let's say the Bears go into that game with a hovering around 500 record and they lose it. And now all of a sudden you're facing down these last four games of the year and you're like, oh, this, is, this might be a little dicey to make the playoffs. Yeah. yeah. Um, to me, that would be the game that could set the narrative of, like, this team is actually a disappointment this year and it's going to be real hard for them to claw back from it. Now, granted – Thinking about these games, the game that supposedly set the narrative for the Eagles last year was when they got 
torched by the Saints. Sure. And they wound up coming back from that and making the playoffs. So, yep. like, it, it can still happen. Yep. But just kind of looking at this, that, that's kind of the game I have circled. All right, real quick before we go to break, what's the Bears' record at first glance at this schedule? I have 10-6 and six with them winning those last two, last two games of the season. I have ten and six with them going one and one, one and excuse me one and two with Green Bay Chiefs and Minnesota at the end. I have them at eleven and five, but still going two and two in those last four games. I think they clean up in kind of this middle part of the schedule. I think they really hit their stride. Yeah. And New Orleans, Chargers, Philly, Detroit, L.A. I think they might go four and one in that stretch. Wow! And I think that could be. This could be the stretch where you say, oh, that's season-defining, and then they might have a couple slip-ups, like, kind of like they did last year against the Giants, Giants yep. and then still turn it out in the end and, and turn out with an 11-5 and record. All right, we're going to go to break here on the Under Center Podcast. We're going to be back with more schedule talk here, so stick with us on NBC Sports Chicago. For monster coverage of the monsters of the Midway, download the My Teams app by NBC Sports. Keep the Bears at your fingertips every day of the week. Download the app today. All right, JJ, Cam, and Paul back here on the Under Center podcast talking the Bears' schedule. So looking at this, right now it's mid-April. The NFL draft has not happened yet. And as we saw last year, trades can happen at the times you least expect it, and teams can get better at times that you least expect it. So if we're looking at the, the way the schedule sets up and the opponents on it, what team has the best chance to improve between now and when the Bears play them? And I'm just going to say you can't pick the Packers because oh, that's good. obvious because okay, you have two first-round picks. Okay. okay. I'm going to say Oakland Damn it. because they have three first-round yeah. picks. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, hell yes. Loophole. <laughs> yeah, you yeah. found the loophole. Um, and I think that is sort of a, a dice roll because, you know, John Gruden's, graf- John Gruden's drafting history speaks for itself. Um, but I think that, I mean, you get three first-round picks. We were just talking the other day, the other week on the pod about how the Saints were a very sort of mad team, and then they hit on the draft, and now all of a sudden they're the studs. So I think, will, will they be the Saints in week five? No. But I think there's a chance that if they hit on two or one or two of these first-round picks and then maybe a second or third rounder that contributes, they could be significantly better than people think. So I had the Raiders, <laughs> but uh, as much as we made fun of them, I could say possibly the Lions just because of the offseason. Mm-hmm. And as we were talking about beforehand, Matt Patricia is on a crusade to end bad football, <laughs> yes, being right. Easter week and all. Figured <laughs> I'd mention that. And or maybe Washington, maybe to your they point. They can sort like, out their quarterback. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I'm not going to believe in Case Keenum anytime soon, but if they right. make a trade or something right. like that. Um, so those are, I'll say Oakland number one for all the reasons Cam listed, okay. but those are some others I could throw out there. I'm going to say the Eagles. Based on the fact that Carson Wentz is now going to be a full year removed from the torn ACL, that you could tell, I mean, he never was healthy last year. The ACL may or may not have played a part in some of that. I think a fully healthy Carson Wentz this year is going to make the Eagles a lot better of a team. That's a really good point. And that is something where right now you look at them and you're like, well, it's sort of a projection in terms of Wentz, and I'm going to say he hits that projection And when they go to the Eagles, the Eagles are already going to be running away with the NFC. He is MVP like level Carson Wentz from a couple years ago. Which leads me to my next question. What is the the team that has the the best chance of being worse than what we think right now? Because, as I said, I think the Eagles are running away with the NFC East, so that gives away my answer. It is the Dallas Cowboys. 
I just I like their defense a lot. Um, adding Eric Berry is kind of a good boomer bust type move, but they weren't all that good last year. Yeah. And then they traded for Amari Cooper, and it was sort of like, ah, I guess they're going to win the division. I think they take a step back this year. That's you know Jason Garrett's back, yep. and you know is never leaving, never leaving, or something <laughs> yeah, like that. Never. And I, I think I think they take a step back, and that Thursday night game in Week 14 um, actually winds up being a relative cakewalk for the Bears. I think I'm going to go with L.A. And I just which think one the Rams? Excuse me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you mean there are two teams in L.A.? Um, I think the Rams just because I think maybe they. The, the blueprint for beating them got exposed in the second half, which sort of, coincidentally enough, started with the Bears game, it sort of feels like. I, I, I'm not really super sold on Jared Goff. Um, I, I, who knows? I'm sure Todd Gurley will be healthier than he was in the playoffs for mm-hmm. that season. But then again, that is week 11, so maybe he's not, you know? Um, I, 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 the Rams seem like a team that maybe had were one of those over-regression last time that are now sort of going to come back to earth. Okay. I think I think I'm gonna go with the other LA team, okay. the Chargers, just because I'm look. I'm just never gonna believe that they're a legitimate Super Bowl yeah. contender because they're the Chargers. Right. I mean, they had about as good of a season as they could have last year. You saw what they did in New England right. when it actually mattered. So I think they come back a little bit uh, to your regression point. I, I think your point, Cam, about the Rams. I mean, you look at the last couple teams that have lost the Super Bowl, or you know, at least I, yeah. I shouldn't say lost, but been in the Super Bowl from the NFC. Yeah. yeah. The, the Eagles took kind of a step back after winning it. The Falcons took a step back after winning it. Um, after getting to the after, Super Well, Bowl. sorry, after getting to it, uh, they did not win it. They won the 28-3 lead. Sorry, Atlanta. The first time. Sorry, Atlanta. <laughs> All our listeners in Atlanta. We have tons of Falcons fans who listen to this podcast. Um, I, I, you know, the Super Bowl hangover is kind of a thing. It's Whether real. you win or lose it, as long as you're not the Patriots. Right. Yeah. Um, it, it, it is kind of a thing, and, and – the Rams just, it's hard to maintain that level of success that they've had for three straight years in today's NFL. It's really hard to do that. And I think they, they could take a step back and still be good, probably make the playoffs. You know, if the 49ers take a big step forward, they can win the division. Rams still make the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I could totally see that, Cam, as being a team. And now that Russell Wilson's fully on board in Seattle, I mean, yeah. you know, they could be good again, too. Unfortunately, Brian Schottenheimer is still fully on board in Seattle. Yeah. To Paul's point about the Chargers, too, I was thinking about this earlier today. Remember in the wildcard game when they just threw seven defensive backs at Lamar Jackson all game? Like, can you imagine if they do that against Mr. Yeah. Mitchell? Like, that would be so fun and also a little bit terrifying to watch. Like, I, regardless of if he takes the next step, I doubt Mr. Bisky knows how to, like, play against seven defensive backs. That'd be tough. Well, so then Devin Singletary is going to have to run for a hundred yards yeah, in that game. That's right. Um, I'm not saying the Bears are going to draft Evan Singletary, but uh, be, you know, the if, I'm, center, if I'm right, play that thing back. The under center pod heater begins. Yeah, yeah. In week eight. Yeah. I'm calling a heater in week eight on this. <laughs> um, okay, what's your biggest gripe with this schedule? I've got mine because it involves being a reporter <laughs> and someone who has to travel on the road to Minnesota. What's yours, JJ? <laughs> yeah. So, uh, okay, what's your guys? What's your biggest gripe? So, it's kind of, they're not even that big of gripes. And so I think, I believe we've maxed out their primetime games with five. Mm-hmm. I am, I'll say it's a gripe that it's not that one of the Saints, Chargers, and Eagles games are not in primetime. Yeah. And that kind of flows into my second, my gripe 1A, which is the back to back Thursday night games, having the Cowboys on Thursday night football. It's, it's just kind of funky. Yeah. So I'd say the combo of that, like, I would easily trade Cowboys at like noon on a Sunday at home for having either, yeah. I'd say the Saints or Eagles in prime time. My biggest gripe is that 
Khalil Mack's revenge game is in London. I wanted to see that in Oakland so, so, so badly. I wanted to see him in Oakland in the Raiders stadium, like having four sacks and breaking down people with one arm. And instead, they just shipped it across the country. Not even across the country, across the ocean. Um, so Khalil Mack in London is my biggest I had I had someone tell me last year um, before any of the – during the, the regular season last year – that the Raiders had absolutely no interest in playing the Bears and having Khalil Mack return sure, to sure. Oakland yeah. in that manner. So they literally are playing the game as far away from Oakland as they possibly can get <laughs> Yes. Yeah. at the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium. Um, as I said, my gripe, for the love of God, I just want to go to Minnesota when <laughs> it's nice out. Minneapolis seems like a nice city. Yeah. I'd like to enjoy it while not being hunkered down in my hotel because it's 40 below. Yeah, I've never been. Come yeah, on, NFL. Have you, but you probably like know the Mall of America real well by now. No, because I don't <laughs> leave, never the leave the hotel. Oh, yeah. That's fair. No. Um, okay, anyways, uh, this is the last thing I put in the rundown because it's of interest to me. And hey, look at that. Manchester City just took a 4-2 lead on Tottenham Hotspur in the oh, Champions League. If they can hang on for the last 30 minutes. We're moving on to the semifinals. Uh, the Bears are playing at the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium, not at Wembley, which is the home of the England national team. Um, am I the only one who cares about this, that yes. the game is at the Spurs stadium oh, I think and not it's cool. Wembley? Well, see, I, I had the same reaction. I was like, yeah, I think it's cool. I was like, but I bet J.J. wanted the opposite. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> I did. I did. So, um, I should not, so I should not care because it's Tottenham and not Manchester City. Is that what you're telling me? Well, no, 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 no. I mean, now actually I'm – I would – so when I wrote this, Man City were down in the Champions oh, League tie, okay. and I was like, okay. I don't want to go to Tottenham. <laughs> and now we're up, and I can just like slyly, I don't know, maybe like at my seat on press row, just like slap down a little like Sergio Aguero yeah. bobblehead or something and uh, just kind of have, have them there with me. There, yeah. But granted, I mean, we're recording this. There's still 30 minutes left in this match that I need to get back and watch. And uh, – if Man City blows it, I'm going to sound like a total idiot <laughs> right now. Um, Go Tottenham. I, uh, yes, I, I did, both the soccer teams I know a lot about. I, 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 did, hey, I did have a lot of fun today um, tweeting out that Harry Kane, who is the star striker on Tottenham, he's a big NFL fan. He actually There was a whole article in ESPN about how at the end of his career he actually wouldn't mind trying to – Give it a go yeah. in the NFL as a kicker, and he this I mean he admires Tom Brady. Let's go and all this. So I had a little bit of fun with this. Um, I tweeted out that you know, hey Harry Kane's a big NFL fan. It could be some cool cross promotion with a little asterisk asterisk above it, and then below it put unless he's at Real Madrid, in which case that won't happen. Mm. Which running joke? Uh, Roger Bennett, friend of the pod, has been referring to. Harry Kane as Real Madrid's Harry Kane for years now on the Men in Blazers podcast. Um, so I, I would, I would be. Uh, I, well, anyways, the point of this is that I then I then got some Arsenal fans in my mentions saying Harry Kane, Tottenham through and through, with posting a photo of Harry Kane in an Arsenal jersey, like, and then it was just it, it was this big North London uh, kerfuffle in my mentions today, which was an awful lot of fun. You're international, baby. Love it. International. We're we're doing it here. I'm going to be geeking out when I'm over in London. I really intend to go to a, a soccer match. Do you think in a decade, when we're still debating on the Under Center podcast about who would be the Bears kicker next year, that maybe we can talk about Harry Kane? I was going like, to say, throw him in the mix. Awesome. Yeah. Throw him in yeah. the hey, mix. Hey, you know schedule yeah. yeah, you know, so. If Spurs will not be playing that day in 
at least at their own stadium. They might be playing elsewhere. But, hey, if they're not, sign Harry Kane to a one-day contract and have him kicking it at Done. Tottenham Stadium. Done. I'm, I'm totally serious. I would, just, I would just be like, yeah, that's cool. I'm in on this. Oh, like, totally, totally in on yeah. that. Yeah. 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 Even if he goes 0 for 4 and then for some reason, like, ungodly hits both the crossbar and yeah. the post. Like, I wouldn't even care. We've seen it before. It's yeah. fine. Yeah, <laughs> yeah and right. I don't think Harry Kane's going on the Today Show after he does no. that. All right, we got to wrap this thing up here before we get too much soccer talk into your, your football podcast. Um, we'll be back with you next week with a fresh Under Center podcast. we got a lot of draft preview things to work through next week. So stick around for that, and we'll talk to you next time here on the Under Center podcast. Some people just know the best rate for you is a rate based on you with Allstate. Not one based on Carol. She's more focused on hitting a high note than the car in front of her. Why pay a rate based on anyone else? Get one based on you with DriveWise from Allstate. Not available in Alaska or California. Subject to terms and conditions. Rates are determined by several factors which vary by state. In some states, participation in DriveWise allows Allstate to use your driving data for purposes of rating. While in some states, your rate could increase with high-risk driving. Generally, safer drivers will save with DriveWise. Allstate Fire and Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates Northbrook, Illinois.